Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's really helping you grow in the Lord. But I just wanted to take a second just to talk about this great tool that I've been using to bring the Word of God to people. Anchor is a tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a lot more. So it's really been helping me reach people that I can't go to their house and actually teach them a Bible study. So it's everything you need in the podcast in one place. The best of all, Anchor, and it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan and the family. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. So how is my wonderful family doing this morning? Good. Yeah, you guys ready to knock out some books out of the Bible? Yeah. Amen. We're going to try and knock out two in this Bible study. We're going to do Philippians and Colossians. Yes. So we're about to flip into Philippians. All right. You guys ready? Bible flip. (laughs) This is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. From the time you first heard until now. So isn't that our job, people? Uh Uh-huh. To spread the good Mm -hmm. news about Christ. That's our job as people. As Christians. We're supposed to be like Christ, and he spread the good news, and now it's our job to spread the good news. I was about to say Christians, but I meant to say people. Well, Christians are different than people, I guess. Because they believe in Christ. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So let's keep going. Verse number six. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That's good, guys. Jesus is going to keep doing the good work that he's been doing in us, right? Uh Amen. Even when we feel like we're stuck where we are, we got to believe that God's going to continue doing the good work for us. Right. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me a special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Jesus Christ. I pray that your love will flow more and more and that you will keep on growing in the knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. 
It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me and they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambitions, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way, so I rejoice. And I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I truly expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more faithful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. All right, chapter number two. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God. Wait a minute. What did I just say? Though he was God, he did not. So Jesus was God? Yeah. 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 Makes that pretty clear, huh? So though he was God, he did not think of equality with God to be something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges of being God, and he took the humble position of a slave, and he was born as a human being. You guys hear that? Yes. That's pretty powerful. So how do people think that Jesus is not God? It says right there, he was God. 
he decided not to stay as God's form, but to become born as a human being. See? Wow. And he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue declares that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. That's very powerful. That is so good. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it very clear that not only is Jesus God, but that everything on earth is subject to his authority. Amen. That's very powerful. Let's keep going. Dear friends, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more apparent. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. That's what we're supposed to do, guys. We're yeah. supposed to obey God with deep reverence and fear. Yes. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So who gives us the power to please God? Jesus. Jesus. Working in us, he gives us not only the desire to do what he wants, but he gives us the power to do it. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Whoa. It's big. We're not supposed to complain or argue, guys. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like our faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about our welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Aphroditus back to you. He is a true brother and co-worker and fellow soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. 
But God had mercy on him and also on me, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away all right another chapter down guys chapter number three let's go yeah that was a good one wasn't it though that was really good how it talked about we should live our lives perfect with the help of god that's really good yes so we're on the last chapter in philippians no we're on the second to last there's four so there's three and then four okay All right, here we go. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those manipulators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blood citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew If there ever was one, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. And I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have disregarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Isn't that good though, guys? Yeah. Don't you guys want to experience the resurrection of the dead? Yeah. Yeah, when we die, we just don't want to be dead forever, right? Yeah. We want to be brought yeah. back to life and live with him in heaven, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Let's move on. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. 
I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about their shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Christ Jesus lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. The end of that chapter. That's good. Now we're going to kick off the final chapter. Number four. Oh. <laughs> we just finished three. I thought you were saying that because you liked the last chapter, but <laughs> now we're on to number four. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal to Herodias and Snitches. Please, because you belong to the Lord, shelter your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partners, to help these two women, for they work hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. I'm glad they're written in the book of life, because I'm pretty sure I just got them all wrong. <laughs> Anyways... Be full of joy in the Lord. That's why we can laugh about stuff like that. We're full of joy, right? Yep. Amen. And I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are ex excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live 
on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news, and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other churches did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I didn't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Ephroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who cares for me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send their greetings, and all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. All right, now we're going to move on to a whole nother book, the book of Colossians. Well, that was the end of that yes. chapter. That was the end of the book. True. And now we're on to another one. Colossians. Yes. Colossians. <laughs> All right. Chapter number one. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you and give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us on our behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. 
We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, and he is the first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body. For I am participating in the suffering of Christ that continues for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That is why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. That's it, guys. That's chapter one. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he's just getting started. He's telling us, all right, we're going to learn how we're going to teach and continue to spread the good news. That chapter also talked a lot about how God was Jesus wrapped in flesh, right? Right. Yeah. It said the whole godly resided in the human form, which was Christ Jesus. So it's the whole Godhead wrapped up in his body. Hmm. Yeah, so let's continue on to chapter number two. 
I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of the God in bodily form. There's the scripture I was quoting. <laughs> I was a little early on it. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. Who is the head over every ruler and authority? When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sin and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is the reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had a vision about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of the world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teaching about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. That's good. Chapter number three. So the only thing that conquers our sinful desires is Christ Jesus. Right, boys? Amen. Yes. Yes, it is. So let's go on to chapter number three. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, 
set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and become renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be his holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your life. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks through him to God the Father. Wives, submit to your husbands, as it is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do, and as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. Wait a minute. I thought I was his favorite. No, I am. Oh, you are? Okay. We can both be his favorites. How about that? How about we're all his favorites? Wait a minute. That means he doesn't have any favorites. Yeah, we're all his children, so we all get an inheritance. How about Jesus Christ is his only favorite? Oh, yeah, I guess so. 
well, we're we're all supposed to be like Christ, so we're all his favorites again. We're right back to square one, guys. Amen. I guess the word of God is always true. That's right. So here we go. The last chapter of Colossians, guys, chapter number four. Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer and be alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Titius will give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother and faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, so to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychus will tell you everything that happens here. Herodias, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings, and so does Mark, Barnabas's cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Judas, also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God. And what a comfort they have been. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He also prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also the believers in Laodicea and Herapolis. Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings, and so does Demas. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. After you have read this letter, pass it on to the churches in Laodicea so they can read it too. And you should read the letter I wrote to them. And say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting. Paul, remember my chains. May God's grace be with you. All right, that's the end of Colossians, guys. We did it. Two whole books in this Bible study, man. That is really good. So let's pray and we'll wrap it up. You guys ready? Yeah. Yes. I hope everybody else is ready. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Lord Jesus, we worship you so much. We thank you for allowing us to be in your word today. And let your spirit, God, come along and comfort us and guide us through your word. That it will open up revelations in our minds that we can put in our hearts and build a foundation that is firm on God. We worship you and thank you so much for giving us understanding and helping us live lives like you. Because we want to grow to be more like Christ Jesus every day. 
So touch the hearts and minds of everybody who's listening. Allow their lives to be blessed and let them grow to be more like you every day. We worship you and praise you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We love doing this with you, and we can't wait to do another one with you. And until next time, may God richly bless you. Have a great week. Bye.